into the Gray Scott Show. Stepping up to the plate now on your Monday morning menu here on the program as he does each week for Education Head Baseball Coach Matt Deggs. Matt, good morning, man. How are you? Morning, Scotty. Got the theme music going, huh? Every time now, man. That's your walk-up music. <laughs> Unless you tell me otherwise, that's the walk-up music. Oh, I love it. Good, man. I imagine you've probably listened to that in the morning much earlier than 8.15 before. I feel like sometimes you probably wake up at like 5 and that's just blaring. On game day, no, anyway. No, quite, quite right. Bang your head. Oh, okay. Well, we might have to add that one into the catalog at some point. Um, bang your head. Man, I was um, I was listening to, uh, to Jay and Top yesterday. Um, the, you know, I want to cover a number of games from the past week, but have you have you been a part of a game where your team hit seven home runs and you didn't come away with the victory? Probably not. I was telling them yesterday I can't remember all of them, but we've definitely hit seven before. You know, I don't know about not coming away with a victory. I'm probably not. Yeah, I mean, the last time Louisiana had seven in a contest, uh, that you were you were on the staff. It was back in March of 2014. So. Just a lot of long balls yesterday, but when it comes to a game like yesterday, overall, is it more of an anomaly? Is it just one of those things where it's like, you know what, like how much do you take away from a game like yesterday? Well, that's the that's a beautiful part about our game is just when you think you've seen everything, you probably haven't. And that's why it's so addicting, right? And you know, you can hit seven home runs in a game and still lose. You can, you know, I remember in 14, we got one hit and one. And that was on a Suge Girard push bump. Uh, so it's just crazy, man. And have we ever hit seven home runs in a game at our field? I that that's you know what let's get Wyman on that. I'm going to text him that today. I'll give him a little. I'm sure you I started don't thinking about that. Yeah. It was uh, as long as you've done no, this, coach. Crazy. As long as you've coached baseball, the fact that you still see things that you've never seen before is just you, it, anything could happen on game day. Well, what was <clears throat> what was nuts was have you ever seen a three-run deficit overcome in one inning on four different home runs? No, four different home. I, I get it if you hit a grand slam, but. Uh, or a couple of two-run jacks. But four home runs by four different people, that was nuts. It was, uh, it was again, unlike any game I had listened to or seen or followed. Um, well, at that point, I thought the game was over. <laughs> when, when we go four, was it, what did we go up, 4-3? Four, 4-3, three? Four, three, yeah. The way we've pitched all year, I thought the game was over because I knew they couldn't stop us. And just didn't work out that way it was a this team's entertaining though they're fun to watch and uh we're gonna keep getting better man well prior to that when you guys had won uh i think eight in a row and or um and start let's start with um the win last week at Nichols because the last since the last time we talked uh we hadn't had it we saw chipper menard then we saw him again uh yesterday but a 3-2 win against the Nichols team that is just 
I, I I describe them as a scrappy bunch. You know, I think they're yeah. around five hundred, but they they don't make anything easy. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like the Diaz guy to Conor McGregor, man. They just they just won't go away, right? And it's nothing easy. It's it's like a trip to the dentist, and you got to go, but you know it's going to hurt. And we're fortunate to beat them twice. I'll tell you that. Friday, Spencer Arigetti. Um, again, I'll say what I always say: even when he's off, he's still great. And you know, not his best outing of the year, but you guys still take care of business, ten to three. I thought he pitched well, but by his own standards, maybe folks look at him a little differently when you you got all American type talent. But a ten three victory on Friday was a good way to to begin that series. The way that one unfolded, right? No doubt, and. He has escapability, right? And so does Cookie and a lot of guys on our staff. And what you saw yesterday was something that we weren't used to is throughout this whole streak and really all year, for the most part, we've escaped. And we were on the verge of escaping several times, and we compounded that with, you know, an error or, or you know, a walk. Uh, but generally, we've escaped jams, and you know Christie's out of that inning right there. It's a you know Borgie makes that play ninety nine out of a hundred times, and so it just it caught up with us. Connor Cook on Saturday, one of the better performances you'll see all year, and it looked like uh, I think it was the Arkansas State hitting coach mentioned that fifty two pitches uh, Cook threw up in the count. And 41 of those were off speed. I mean, when a guy's feeling it and the other team kind of knows what's coming, but they still can't do it, is that is that when a guy's ultimately just in the zone? Well, not just that, but it speaks to his stuff. And, uh, you know, his stuff all the way across the board. And so at this level, when you're dealing with amateur hitters and you've got plus stuff, and, and like you said, you're in the zone, uh, and then not only in the zone, but you have command. Uh, it's going to be a long day for whoever at this level. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. What what did you, uh, did you did, what did you guys say to him? What did the team say to him in the clubhouse after that one? Which one, Connor Cookies? Cook. Yeah. Uh, well, we have so we after every practice or game, we've got. Uh, necklace that we reward to the nastiest pitcher of the day, the nastiest hitter of the day, the nastiest overall wolf of the day. And just to sum it up for the first time ever, he won nastiest pitcher, nastiest overall. And the hitter said, what the heck nastiest hitter of the day too. He won all of them. So he was, he was wearing all three of them. Well, are these necklaces made of like claws and blood? What do you describe them to us? Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty crude. I'll just leave it at that. All right, and he was wearing all three of them. It was uh, it was a it was a heck of a performance, man. And um, you know, just... if you win the hitter, if you win nastiest hitter, and you don't have an at bat, that probably speaks to to how well you did, how nasty you did. Yeah, it was uh, a way of putting it. Um, and so it looks like you know, is it is it fair to say that that Saturday starter is now is now set, or is that still up in the air? Uh, you know, he's looking pretty good, isn't he? 
I mean, you, you think we ought to go with him? I, you know what, Coach? You you get paid to, to make those decisions. I'm just asking to, to make sure. Um, Honestly, the way I've always approached conference and and winning conferences, and we've had a lot of success doing it, is you do whatever it takes to win the game you're in, and uh, you know. But I think Spence and Cook have obviously with Spence and and no doubt with Cook at this point. Uh, have solidified themselves as a, the first two guys to go out. ESPN1420.com. It's the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, education baseball coach, Matt Deggs, our guest. I asked you last Monday if, um, you know, if you felt great, and I use the word great, about moving Connor Kemple into the leadoff spot. And you, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was a joke, but you kind of laughed and just read off the stats. Now you got another four games in there. And since moving him to leadoff, in that first game against ULM, I mean, just from I think he's batting three thirty three. He's drawn four walks. I mean, he's just a guy that more times than not he's going to get on base. How much has that done for the rest of your your batting lineup? Whenever Kimple's since moving Kimple to the leadoff spot, what's that done for the rest of the lineup? Well, just you know, he's he's done an incredible job because he sees so many pitches and he's. One thing about Kemp is he's not afraid to hit with a strike or two strikes. And if you look at his numbers, his ABs actually, or his average actually goes up uh, the deeper he goes. And he's been able to get us off to great starts uh, in doing that, even with an out, you know. Uh, he's able to see, come back, give a report. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really helped solidify the whole lineup. He had an 11-pitch double. Uh, in this series, obviously a huge home run the other way. Uh, and then it is extremely difficult to get five hits in a game. And uh, he he was able to do that yesterday. Tyler Robertson, uh, is he kind of cemented himself in that three spot in the three hole? I, I like the way the lineup functions together. Gotcha. And we call it, you know, surrounding and taking down and, in order to surround that, that Buffalo and take it down, everybody's got a job duty function and you've got to be able to work together. And just that order, the way it sets up right now, uh, they just move and function extremely well. Coming up this Friday against South Alabama will be just about two months into the season. Do you feel like the offensive identity is closer to what you and the staff had, had been working for? Uh, at this point in the season, do you feel like it's close or do you still feel like the, the, I know that there's not a metaphorical finish line, so to speak, but compared to two months ago, uh, you know, compare that to right now for the offensive identity of this club, are they a lot closer in your mind to where you want them to be and hope that they would be? Well, no doubt about it, but they're going to keep getting better. And I've said it, you know, since day one and when it heats up around here literally when it heats up and it gets summery it's going to get a lot of fun because balls start to fly we can run we can execute we can do a lot of different things but that question you're not going to ever be able to answer because of the explosiveness of these guys and 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 several of them their best baseball is going to be when they're 25 26 27 28 years old uh you know, TR is going to play this game for a long time. Ben Fitzgerald, imagine how well he's going to hit when he's 25. Uh, Bobby Lede, Connor Kemple, like there's a lot of kids that are just going to keep getting better and better and better. So that's what I would expect 
throughout this season. And, and, you know, if we get some of them back next year, it's going to be even more fun. Uh, but I don't know, man. Several of them are going to play for a paycheck. You know, the last 11 games, you guys are 9-2. and two. Just the, the strikeout average now compared to, you know, a month or five, six weeks ago, it's definitely gone down. I know that aggressive approach you guys love to have. It seems like there's not as many strikeouts now, and that's kind of where I was going with the question in terms of offensive identity. But naturally, like you said, these guys are just, you know, Hopefully they're still trending upward by the time they leave the program and move on to whatever's next in life, whether that be off the diamond or on the diamond. No doubt. You know, there's you know, when we when we fill up the strike zone, when we limit mistakes defensively, and when we just put the ball in play, I think everyone has seen that this team can be very suffocating to our opponent. And that's what we've got to work to do every game. Final question, Cajun baseball related. Uh, you don't have a midweek game this week. I know how much you love to play. You wish you could play every day. Uh, the anticipation of preparing for South Alabama, do you just spend that time without a midweek game extra prep? Do you just go back to basics? Do you do you get away from the game one night and you know go watch Top Gun for the thousandth time? What does Matt Deggs do when he has to wait a whole week and, uh, until there's another weekend series? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm at the house right now. I'm going to hang out with Kathy for a little while. And we've got five different media things today. Uh, so we'll we'll knock that out. Uh, I'll get up to the office at some point and hang out with the guys and see what's shaking there. Probably work out. Uh, come back home. Um, get ready to go to Pete's, knock Pete's out with Jay. I'm going to get up early tomorrow. I'm going to get to the office, and uh, I'm going to start watching video on South and, you know, thinking about practice. We'll have a good inter-squad tomorrow. Uh, and then Wednesday will be something light and crisp and uh, get ready to get on the bus and, and head to Mobile on Thursday. Uh, there'll be some family time in there. Be you know, be a good week. You know, I, I talked to to Billy Napier a good bit during football season, and I wouldn't describe the personality of you guys as similar, but I would say in terms of, I would say you guys are both very habitual. How I mean, in terms of structure, organization, and the schedule. I know you like things a very certain way. Now it doesn't always play out like that in baseball with weather and whatnot, but schedule in terms of your approach to coaching i mean how how vital is that to just your way of life in general coach oh i've got to be in a rock solid routine gotta look there's no successful person no matter what no matter what they do that's not in a great routine there's there's no ceos that wake up and go dang i wonder what i could do today (laughs) everything's mapped out and I hate deviating from a routine. So whenever they have to push games back, you get it, but you're like, this, oh, it's the worst. this, this is awful. This it's is awful. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be in a baseball so routine. And the sooner you can get on a serious note, seriously, it's it's like having a child, right? And what's the first thing moms do with a newborn? They get them on a routine. 
and just throughout their life, they're in a routine, routine, routine. It's no different with a unit or a team. Uh, you set a great routine. And then we work to master that routine. And then when you're apart from the team, you've got to have a great personal routine. And that's all part of being successful, being a winner. I know media obligations as a head coach are part of that routine. Are, are there any Mondays, Coach? And you can be honest, you won't hurt my feelings, where you're like, you know what, I really don't want to talk to Scott this morning. <laughs> it's okay. You won't hurt my feelings. Uh, no, I actually look forward to talking to you, and, I, and you know I would tell you the truth. Yep, I do. That's why I asked. Not afraid to hear the truth. Coach Matt Deggs has been our guest. Always appreciate you taking the time, Coach. You uh, got it, Scotty. Enjoy the week of preparation. We'll be listening tonight for Pete's. Have a great day. That is Rage Occasion Ed Baseball Coach Matt Deggs. We'll do a little bang your head from Quiet Riot to uh, send him out on his next duty for his daily routine. Coming up next on the Great Scott Show, the Masters. Recap. The good stories. And the boring ones? Zion had a nice father-son moment on Monday night. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor's beef is now impacting some of the youth here in Lafayette in the greater area. I'll explain. Remember that referee that collapsed during the Final Four? Update on him. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420.com.